Hello, I'm Ona Muraku and welcome to Reimagining Capital Projects. Today we will be discussing the real estate sector, specifically some of the emerging trends we are seeing in the market and how the sector as a whole is adopting and preparing to capitalise in them. As always, I'm joined by two esteemed guests, Anthony Slumbers, a real estate software and prop tech strategist who independently supports real estate boards on transformation, technology and innovation. And you can find him online at anthonyslumbers.com and Twitter. And Garrett Lewis, a director in PwC's real estate M&A team. He also leads the firm's real estate research, helping to drive PwC's M&A business priorities and advising clients on the real estate strategies. Welcome to you both. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, so, Garrett, let's start up with you. Um, PwC have recently released a comprehensive emerging trends in real estate report. Um, what are the key messages that came from this? Well, PwC actually produce, uh, in conjunction with the Urban Land Institute, three uh, regional reports. Um, we produced those towards the end of the year, so in November last year. That's reports for Europe, for Asia-Pacific region, and for the USA and Canada. And then the, the recent report you refer to is the Global Emerging Trends report, which brings together all the findings from, from those three regional surveys. And when you look across those three regional surveys, um, we actually uh, interview around 4,000 industry participants or participants take part in the in the survey and interviews so there's a huge amount of insight we get from those from those interviews and um, it's also a report which has it tends to have a focus primarily on real estate investors so a lot of the themes that come out of it particularly over the last few years have a familiar uh, theme to them um, particularly within real estate a, a theme at the moment is around the fact that we're in a late cycle um, that means that we're we're still uh, we're seeing prices that are high, a lack of opportunities in the sector as prices increase. Is there is there anything new or unexpected that came from that report that, that you weren't expecting? Um, well, for me, and the really interesting uh, aspect of that is is the idea that it's actually not just all about the market cycle. There's some really fundamental structural changes that are happening in the market at the moment. So themes like um, people going up the risk curve, um, a lot of themes, are, a lot of mention of the word obsolescence, um, and also a shift, a major shift into what's, what's been known as alternative real estate sectors. Anthony, great to have you on the podcast. Um, Garrett's talked through some really interesting kind of themes or even buzzwords there. Do these kind of resonate with you? Uh, yes, ab ab absolutely. I'd just like to start by saying it is a particularly good and in interesting report. Gareth mentions the, the word obsolescence, and I think that's absolutely the, the critical, pivotal word here, that the market really is fundamentally changing, and the way people are going to be using spaces and what they're using them for is changing as well. So there is going to be a great deal of obsolescence in the sense of this this space will not be used in the same way it is as it is now. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because obsolescence previously, think, you think of it in, in terms of end, end of life. This is changing use case and that can be a very positive and uh, value enhancing so area. When you say that, that, that really strikes to me as a you know, space or real estate as a service. Um, and to me, this has been a theme that's been emerging for a number of years now. Um, Gart, what is this business model and, and who does it ultimately benefit? Well, I think my, my personal take on, on this sort of overall th theme, fundamental shift we're seeing is, is the idea that real estate is becoming a much more uh, complex industry. It's growing up in many ways and, and, and that, is, that is 
the major part of that is, is shift into being a consumer-driven industry, real estate as a service, as Anthony, Anthony said. And certainly a theme that has come out of the reports in recent years is this idea of a value shift from the traditional bricks and mortar side of the industry into the service side. And I think there's a really, really interesting question around um, who really captures that value and who takes advantage of it. And does do industry participants, traditional real estate players, uh, really embrace that shift or, or, or do they um, just pay, pay lip service, lip is service this to it? Is this a complete sort of transformation of the business model in its current format? For me, I think it is, yeah, and I'm sure, I think, I, I'm, I suspect, Anthony, you, you'll, you'll agree. It's this idea that, um, that as I said, real estate's becoming uh, much more complex, and, and there's a question as to whether it's the existing real estate players, the traditional real estate businesses, that manage to change their, their business models and capture that opportunity, or indeed is it other, other organisations from outside of the real estate sector that, that come in and, and sort of uh, steal and march, and you know, businesses like Google, technology businesses and that sort of thing. Anthony, what's driving this shift to, to new kind of models in the market? Fundamentally, it's techno technology. Because new technologies are, are developing, it, they, are change, they are going to fundamentally change the nature of the work we do. Lots of people concentrate on the way we work being important, but it's actually the work we, we do. So if you take someone, that, there's, a, there's a book by um, a Chinese uh, AI venture capitalist called Kai, Kai Fu Li called AI Superpowers, which came out at the end of last year. And he has a line in that which I think is very pertinent here. He says, AI algorithms will be to many white-collar workers what tractors were to farmhands, a technology that dramatically increases the productivity of each worker and shrinks the total number of employees required. But there's a fundamental paradox here. As the world is becoming more technological, we're actually going to see more and more of the benefits of being human because any task that is structured, repeatable or predictable will be automated. And that's been quoted as being half of the tasks that people are paid for in the world are structured, repeatable or predictable, therefore they'll be automated. So what will we be doing in that, in that sort of world? Well, we're actually going to be emphasizing our human skills. So we're really good at design, imagination, inspiration, creation, empathy. Think of computers, they have no empathy. Now admittedly, and quite a number of humans don't have much empathy either, but the better humans have lots of empathy. Intuition, innovation, collaboration, social intelligence. This is what humans are good at, and this is what humans are going to be doing in the workplace. That, that, that's really interesting because um, on a previous podcast, we explored the value of data insight can bring to the high street, for example, in terms of knowing your customer. Um, a lot of what you said there just resonates around that. And in, in terms of the asset owners, what, what type of data then should they be focusing going forward um, with, with that in mind, with the changing market, with the ever-increasing flexibility that these companies are going to be needing going forward? I, th I think there's three critical areas for um, to, to be um, amass amassing data. First off, you need to understand how your physical asset is performing in much more granular detail than you, than you do now. And that's going to be possible because we're basically going to be able to put sensors on everything. So we were going to really intimately understand how our building was performing. So not just the sort of structural things. How is it performing on an environmental level? You know, what's the heat? What's the, the CO2 levels? What's the temperature? What, what's the lighting? How is all that? Is it performing as well as it can be? Then you need to know how people are 
actually using your space in reality as opposed to gut instinct of, oh, look, that, that meeting room's always busy. And then you turn out, turns out, well, no, it's not because it's, it's not busy at all during all the times that you don't look at it. So we need to understand where do people go in our office spaces? Where do they not go? When do they go? Why do they do that? What are the circumstances that they use different parts of the building differently? And then the absolutely critical last piece of information you need to know, we need to understand who our customers are. We're very, very lucky in real estate that we have our customers in our spaces every day. Other industries spend billions of dollars a year, a year trying to reach their customers. We have our customers in our buildings all the day and we know nothing about them. We need to intimately know what is the job to be done of each person in our, in our space. So that really drives an interesting point, knowing your customer, knowing about them intimately. Um, Garrett, based on that, so are there any KPIs or metrics that the industry should be collecting to kind of capitalise on this? Well, it's interesting because hearing Anthony talk about that, it, you, you can't fail to come up, come up with a view, agree with the view that real estate is a or should be a, a customer driven, customer driven business. But so much of real estate and so much of the value tied up in real estate is in investment into that asset class. And I think what's interesting for me is, is as you have this explosion of data at the granular level around the operational performance of, of buildings and, and the product impact on productivity of the people within them, that's, that data is going to flow up all the way to the investors and investors are going to start becoming much more sophisticated out around how they interpret that data and what it means in terms of their, their interpretation of the value of real estate, which is ultimately what these investors are really concerned about. So, so we have uh, in the last you know, 10, 15 years, we've seen um, lots of, of, of new KPI, KPIs emerge, non-financial KPIs like, like sustainability and, and more recently health and wellbeing impacts. For me, it's all just part of ultimately how it impacts the value of a property um, and, and, and technology like blockchain and things will help that, that, that enormous um, pool of data to flow up and be interpreted by ultimately the investor in, 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 uh, in real estate. So Anthony Garrett there was kind of looking back in the last you know, five or ten years and fifteen years of technology. What, what, what does the next five or ten years in the future look like for, for the real estate sector um, and how do core real estate um, clients, offices, retail organizations avoid becoming obsolete? First off, I think real estate needs to understand technology before the technology industry understands real estate. We need to understand technology because we need to understand what it can do for us, but also what it is doing for all our customers. How is it changing the nature of business and work that our customers are involved in? So we really need to, we need to broaden our skill sets. But then also in line of what we're talking about with the, the human side of things, we need to broaden our skill sets in terms of um, hospitality, data analytics, all manner of these, these human interactions which we're becoming much more like a service industry than a, pro than a product industry. So the, the basic skill set of a real estate company, which at the moment is pretty much real estate, that's it, needs to become much wider. We need these multifunctional teams who can now move from selling a product to delivering a service. And I think the key point here is that there is so much potential to provide a better service that you're going to find a big differentiation between those who really get stuck in and understand this and produce a, a service which is multiple times better than the, com than the competition. And that's what's going to drive long-term value. So what will it look like for investors, Gareth? 
Well, as I was going to say, I tend to look at this more from an, from an investor perspective. And I think you generally are at a sort of crossroads for, for real estate investors. And the, the, the challenge is for investors is do you go down that route of embracing the, the new operational customer driven um, real estate business? Or do you want to try and remain in more of the traditional uh, approach to real estate, which is in that passive role where you tend to see real estate as something you park some money in and, and get a, a bond like return? And I think we're at that crossroads now. Um, and I think, again, it comes back to this, this question of, is it traditional real estate businesses that, that go down that route and become these new players that are they're tapping into this huge uh, opportunity that exists in this, in this new industry, or is it other players coming into the market? My personal view is, is that the, the real estate it's not all bad news for, for, for the real estate businesses because they are in a fundamentally advantageous position being the owners of the real estate in the first place. I, I don't know what you think about but, that. But we, we, we're very likely to be in a position where actually we're, we're baking a bigger cake here, potentially a much bigger cake. The, the, the potential for driving more revenue out of a building by providing more services and all these sorts of things is very great. So you could end up with a building generating a lot more revenue. The question is, Who's going to get it? Mm. Now, you can sit outside it and say, no, I'm not going to do any of that at all. I will outsource all that. That's fine. But you have to realize you're going to be leaving a lot of money on the table and your position in the value chain is going down because the really important person in this new world is who is creating, curating at the user experience because it's the user experience that's going to generate the new revenue. So, so on that, all, all of this then seems like a huge opportunity for, for real estate sector as a whole. Anthony, what do they need to do right now to optimise on this and to really make the most of it? They need to, I, I think, I think the, the, the real point is you need to get seriously stuck into this new, new way of thinking, multifunctional teams, understanding the technology, understanding the change in work, understanding the changing nature of demand, and then really get go deep into, in that case, how do we create a product which is of greater, greater value? And as I say, there is a great differentiation. So the, the, the opportunity to outperform is huge here, but it's not a simple game. You have to get seriously stuck in to, um, to leverage all of this. Well, I, my, my view is I think there will always be investors in real estate um, that want to go after that sort of and maintain that sort of bond-like return. So I think that the, the, the point, point to make here is that if that's your world, if that's where you want to stay, then you've got to expect that A, your returns are going to go down um, because of all this capital wanting that sort of relatively safe bond-like bond return and someone else is going to be take, taking that value as, as, as Anthony said. But I think um, it's really hard to, to say what do you do right now um, to, to sort of uh, embrace these changes or re react to these changes. But I think one thing you can be fairly clear on is, as I said at the start, is that real estate is becoming a more complex industry. And therefore, versus where we've been in the past, one step uh, businesses could take now, whether you're an investor in that passive world who wants to just understand what's going on, or you're an operator um, more down the operational route where you actually want to be playing a part in this in this new world, you need to have uh, an increased diversity of talent within your organisations to be able to um, react to that and understand it. So I think a, a clear a clear piece of advice now, what, what can companies do right now, it would be to to grow their the, the diversity of their talent pool. I, I think that's probably a good place to leave it for today. Um, my thanks to both Anthony and Garrett for a, a lively discussion and 
Thank you all at home for listening. Um, the podcast notes will have a link to the Emerging Trends in Real Estate report and key contact details. And of course, we have a lot of information on our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash reimagine. We'll be back again soon with more episodes, but in the meantime, we have a healthy back catalogue of podcasts available online. So if you haven't done so already, please do check them out. Please subscribe to the series to get all our latest episodes and don't forget to rate or review. Uh, So until next time, thank you all for listening.